1: Hello, Texas, and thank you for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Dolmel, and I'm part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. We're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley
2: summer pastures and water supplies looking very good for livestock following the ample springtime rainfall. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
3: It's not one of the most publicized outcomes of the recent session of the Texas legislature, but lawmakers did pass legislation calling for creation of an ag education program for elementary schools. I'm James Hunt and I'll talk about the effort to teach kids where their food comes from on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets coming up. The Texas dairy industry is growing. Carrie Martin has that story.
4: Juan Pinheiro, assistant professor and dairy extension specialist with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service in Amarillo, says the huge growth in dairies in the panhandle has moved Texas up to the fourth largest dairy producing state.
5: The last 20 years we went from being number 10 in new production in the US to now being number 4. We passed the state of New York on December of last year and we went from producing in 2002 roughly 5 billion pounds a year to now we're producing almost 15 billion pounds.
4: But that growth isn't possible unless there are processing facilities for all of that milk. And Pinheiro says we're lucky to see growth in the processing end of the business as well. Construction of a new $88 million cheese plant in Amarillo was announced a few weeks ago weed resistance to herbicides is a constant problem here in texas so what's the solution to manage those resistant weeds basf agronomist adam hickson is based in lubbock he says one key is to remember all of the weed control tools that we have in the toolbox
6: as humans i think it's human nature just to really look for what's next and the quick easy solution and sometimes um that quick easy solution uh, isn't isn't really that quick, easy solution. It comes full circle, and we have to go back to kind of the way it used to been, be done.
4: Palmer amaranth resistance was somewhat late coming in Texas starting around 2011, and that may be because our farmers were still using older chemistries. I'm Carrie Martin on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Texas lawmakers passed a bill on ag education this session. James Hunt has that report from Amarillo.
3: During the recent session of the Texas legislature, state lawmakers passed legislation calling on the Texas Education Agency to develop an ag education program for elementary schools. One ag group that pushed for the legislation's approval is Texas Corn Producers, whose executive director, David Gibson, says teaching young students where their food, fiber, and fuel comes from is needed not only in the big cities, but even in farm country like the Texas High Plains.
5: We have a lot of kids that live right here. They just still don't understand agriculture and the importance of agriculture. So we were glad to see that coming, glad we'll be able to take part.
3: And when Gibson talks about being able to take part, he's referring to the opportunity for the state as it develops its new program to utilize curriculum already developed by Texas corn producers. Hannah Turner, the organization's education director, tells me the Texas corn producers' materials first became available for classrooms last year.
5: I think. Beg- portion of it is plant biology, the actual growth of the plant, how that works, because that's a lot of these standards that these students are set to be learning in these grade levels. But it also focuses on making the connection between corn products and how they relate to life.
3: The Texas corn producer's effort is funded by proceeds from the state corn checkoff, and although early progress has been slowed somewhat by COVID-related complications, Turner says the organization has already worked with approximately 390 teachers representing just under 200 schools.
5: We are continuing this summer to put on trainings for teachers and attend conferences throughout the state. And we're really hoping to get to grow this as we go into this next school year.
3: I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Spring rains have improved grazing conditions across much of the state. Tom Nicoletti joins us with more.
2: In our Waco studio today is Tracy Tomasik. He is Texas Farm Bureau Livestock Specialist. And Tracy... Uh, Certainly uh, a big change as summer has uh, started uh, here in Texas uh, with the drought uh, monitor showing uh, a much, much improved situation after all the rain in the spring. Thanks, Tom. And farmers
7: and ranchers across the the vast majority of the state have been blessed with some much improved conditions when it comes to rainfall and soil moisture compared to uh, just where we were about a month ago when you look at the drought monitor.
2: Yes, pasture and range conditions are pretty much uh, rated uh, mostly good to fair across the state. A matter of fact, uh, 51% of range and pastures are uh, excellent to good. So uh, certainly uh, that's going to bode well for ranchers uh, this summer. Yes, and it's a stark
7: change from not too long ago. Those uh, late spring rains at the end of May and and early June have made a huge difference and a great impact on the potential for our, our, our working lands across the state to produce those summer forages that help sustain us through the tough times of the year when we really need them. That's something that farmers and ranchers have been hoping for for quite some time now.
2: Now, uh, there is still some drought in far west Texas, exceptional and extreme, that's more than some. It's uh, a difficult situation there. And then uh, in west Texas, uh, the South Plains, down in the southwest, uh, still some abnormally dry and moderate drought. But uh, for sheep and goat producers, uh, cattle producers, uh, they ought to uh, reap the benefits of some lush uh, pastures this year across
7: the rest of the state. In in most of the state, we're in really good conditions, but those parts out in far west Texas, they're, they're accustomed to droughts. So it's something that they're generally prepared for. And those stocking densities out there are so much lower uh, on average that they can withstand this thing much better than the rest of the state. Not to say that they're not hurting, but definitely that's something that uh, we, we watch for and hope that they get a little bit better conditions out there in
2: that big bend area. Ample water supply certainly uh, available in, in stock tanks and uh, reservoirs and uh, other uh, bodies of water for the summer. The rains
7: have helped uh, fill up those stock tanks across the State And, uh, you know, some of the challenges that come along with that excess moisture and livestock producers will be first to tell you, man, the flies are getting pretty bad this time of year. And they sure have been for the last couple of weeks. So that, that's something that we're constantly battling against and takes a really strategic effort to maintain the comfort level of your livestock when they're out on pastures, when they got
2: parasites like that, that are, are constantly bothering them. That again is Tracy Tomasic. He is a livestock specialist with the Texas Farm Bureau. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: May rains helped improve some crops in the coastal bend. Tom Nicoletti and Harvey Buring have more.
2: Harvey Buring is standing by in the Corpus Christi area to give us uh, an update on uh, agriculture there in the coastal bend. And uh, Harvey, here we are in the middle of June. What's it looking like? Uh, let's talk about uh, row crop uh, producers at this point.
5: Well, Tom, uh, you know, those uh, heavy May rains the salvage the uh sorghum crop and certainly salvage the cotton crop as well down here and turn things around to the better. And we are looking at some really good cotton and particularly those well-drained fields around the area. A lot of the lower ends and those poorly drained fields had some problems, but that week of hot, sunny weather uh, the past week has uh, certainly brought those fields in uh, to uh, greening up and uh, setting blooms we are also seeing some sorghum starting to ripen up
2: that sounds good and for uh, farmers what about livestock producers what are the pastures looking like and uh, the condition of cattle
5: pasture conditions are tremendously improved and cattle are in great shape. They've put on a lot of weight. The runs at the sale barns have kind of slowed down a bit and uh, calves are gaining. If uh, folks had uh, late spring calves, those calves are showing a lot of bloom now out on these lush pastures. But This uh, hot weather during the past week on some of the sandier, uh, lighter soils is starting to take a little of the lushness out of those green pastures, but there's still ample grazing. And hay producers are starting uh, harvesting activities to replenish uh, some of the hay reserves that were really utilized throughout the uh, dry fall and winter months here in the coastal bend.
2: What about insect pressures, fly pressures on the cattle? Is that a problem down there?
5: Well, certainly horn flies bad problem uh, most of the late spring and summer, and uh, people have had to take measures to keep those things in check. And out in the uh, sorghum fields, there were a few reports of some sugarcane aphid problems, and a lot of this late sorghum, there's some midge activities starting up, and of course, many of these sorghum fields started doing a lot of tillering after we got the big rain. in in May and early June. There's a lot of late heads that uh, producers are hoping to harvest, so some activity going on in in controlling uh, sorghum meat in some locations.
2: Harvey, thanks for your report today.
5: Thank you, Tom.
2: That is Harvey Buring reporting for us today from the, the Texas Coastal Bend.
1: Be sure to clean, drain, and dry your boats and other equipment if you visit Texas lakes this summer. Tom Nicoletti has that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. If your horse is coughing, it could be asthma caused by a number of factors. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: A number of illnesses and conditions may cause horses to cough, including influenza and pneumonia. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us to talk about another potential cause, asthma. I'm
8: sure most people know someone with asthma, as it is fairly common in people, but asthma can also occur in horses. Now, you may not have heard the term asthma in horses because the term is relatively new for horses, but not the disease it represents. Mild asthma in horses was previously called inflammatory airway disease, and more severe disease was called heaves, which has been reported for decades. COPD and recurrent airway obstruction are other terms that have been used over the years, and now all of these conditions are under the term asthma. Dr. Sarah Roos with Boehringer Ingelheim indicates in the Remuda publication that the disease is caused by many factors, but the main concern is the sensitivity of the horse's respiratory tract to inhaled allergens like hay dust, mold, forage mites, inorganic compounds, and endotoxins found in feed and bedding. Many of these horses develop problems in the winter when they are housed in stalls, but many Texas horses develop the problem out in the pasture while eating on large, round bales of hay. Mild cases may have some coughing while more severe cases have lots of coughing and difficulty breathing. Asthma can appear just like an infection, but they are treated totally different, as asthma will not respond to treatment with antibiotics. So if your horse has a significant cough, asthma could be involved. Although medication is available for horses with asthma, the most important treatment is a change in management. Horses with asthma can only eat hay that has been soaked in water to decrease the respirable particles. And ideally, these horses would be on a good pasture instead of eating hay. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: If you plan on visiting a Texas lake this summer, be sure to clean your boat and gear properly when you leave to prevent the spread of invasive species. Tom Nicoletti joins us with more.
2: In today's report, Rod Bain reemphasizes keeping invasive plants and pests from being unwanted hitchhikers from your outdoor excursion is as simple as cleaning items before traveling back home.
9: June is full of awareness events centered on outdoor recreation.
1: We have National Camping Month, National Trails Day, National Recreational Vehicle Day, and National Get Outdoors Day.
9: Yet one such happening that Chris Delutsky wants outdoor adventurers of all types to know about is National Play Clean Go Week and its messages that go well into the year and beyond.
1: The goal of the campaign is to show outdoor enthusiasts how they can stop invasive plants and pests from spreading while enjoying the great outdoors.
9: Lutsky is with the North American Invasive Species Management Association, which partners with collaborators like USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service to encourage prevention of spread of invasive species.
1: The real issue is human assisted spread, which can take them hundreds of miles in a single day. So, for instance, muddy and vehicles, help them spread easily over those long distances.
9: Which in turn can cause significant, harmful impacts. Cecilia Cicada of USDA APHIS says from an economic perspective alone.
5: $40 billion each year that we estimate these invasive plant pests and diseases cause us in damage to trees and plants and crops and those eradication and containment efforts.
9: I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
2: I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Cotton, cattle, milk, and wheat started out the week lower, with corn trading mostly mixed throughout the day Monday. How did things end up? Well, we'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
3: Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta,
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
1: The live cattle market was looking for a sense of direction Monday and ended up closing lower. Live cattle for August down 52 cents to 121.02. Live cattle for October down 30 cents to 126.65. Feeder cattle started Monday higher, then took a little bit of a dip as corn prices rose, but ended the day higher Monday. Feeder cattle for August up 7 cents to 15110, feeder cattle for September up 15 cents to 15737, feeder cattle for October up 27 cents to 15932. Box beef was lower on Monday, choice down 89 cents to $322.39, select down $2.24 to $281.37. Now let's check the livestock options. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
6: When you hear cattle in the alleyway, it's time to head down to that little auction on the hill in Carn City. Carn City Auction, of course. Josh and Corey Tilkey own and operate it. Josh, how was this last week's sale?
10: Larry, it was our first sale back after the holiday. Grass is belly deep, and the market was 15 to 18 cents higher.
6: Let's walk the pens.
10: We had 300 good head of cattle, uh, good steers, two to three weight. One sixty-five to one ninety. Three to fours. One sixty-five to one eighty-two. Four to five weight men. One fifty-five to one seventy-five. Five to sixes. A buck forty to one fifty-eight. Six to sevens. A buck thirty to one forty-two. Seven plus is a dollar and a quarter to 135. Heifer mates two to three, 165 to 180. Three to fours, 140 to 165. Four to fives, 135 to 170. Five to sixes, a buck 32 to 145. Six to sevens, a buck 15 to 138. Older bull yearlings, dollar ten to one twenty-five. Heifer yearlings, ninety to a dollar ten. Red cows, nine fifty to twelve seventy-five. Paired cattle, twelve hundred to fourteen and a quarter. Number one grade packer cows up a bit, sixty-five to eighty-two. Number two yielding, fifty-two to fifty-five. And the bulls, eighty-eight to a dollar four.
6: Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Josh Tilkey.
10: If you can use any of our services, call us here at the auction ring, 830-780-3382 or on the cell phone, 830-623-2855. And
6: the motto down there?
10: Long live cowboys, Larry.
6: And neighbor might I add, long live walking the pens and the Texas Farm Bureau radio network. And you good listeners out there in Texas farming and ranching land, I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you.
1: Lean hogs closed sharply lower Monday. Lean hogs for July down $1.62 to 107.05. Lean hogs for August down $3 to 103.67. Barrel cheese fell 6 and a quarter cents Monday and closed at $1.48. Block cheese closed at $1.47. Those two prices put greater pressure on class 3 milk for July and August. Class 3 milk for June up 2 cents to 17.35. Class 3 milk for July down 23 cents to 16.49 a hundredweight. The cotton markets followed the grain markets Monday. Cotton for July down 33 points to 8409. Cotton for October down 15 points to 8596. Cotton for December up 1 point to 8519. Corn traded mostly lower Monday. Corn for September down 6 and a quarter to 571 and a quarter. Corn for December down nine and a quarter to five fifty-seven. Wheat continues to be influenced by corn, but it's not as volatile as the corn market. We saw hard red wheat for July close Monday at down six and three quarters to five ninety-nine and three quarters. Hard red wheat for September down six and a half to six oh nine and a quarter. Hard red wheat for July down six and three quarters to five ninety-nine and three quarters. Soybeans for July closed up 19 on Monday to 14.15, soybeans for November up 6 and a quarter to 13.19 and a quarter. Natural gas for July down 2 cents to 3.18, natural gas for August down 2 cents to 3.21. Crude oil prices continue to rise, crude oil for July up $1.78 dollar 78 to 73.42, crude oil for August up a 71 to 73 even. The Dow up 580 points to 33,870 Monday, S&P 500 up 54 points to 4,221, the NASDAQ up 88 points to 14,119. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dommel. I hope to see you then.